Hey, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome back to the ESN podcast with your host. My name is Kaspar Mapurisa, and today we're going to be uh, continuing with our series in the book of Mark. And today we are going to see Christ, the victorious King, who is victorious over all the storms in our lives, both physical storms and the storms that are within us. So I'm going to read the text today and then Blessing is going to jump in and take us on. So stay tuned. Mark chapter 4 verse 35 to Mark chapter 5 verse 20. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And the other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And said, he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and sea obey him? Chapter 5, verse 1. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately they met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him any more, not even with a chain, for he had often been bound with shackles and chains. But he wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For you are saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. And they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs. Let us enter them. So he gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out, of the, out, of, came out and entered the pigs. And the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country. And people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion sitting there, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed men and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. As he was getting into the boat, the men who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. 
and he did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and everyone marveled. Hi friends, good afternoon everyone. I hope you are having a great time during your lectures. Uh, thank you so much for spending your time to join us for our Thursday Bible talk. Uh, from our previous talks, we have seen Jesus being misunderstood and opposed by the scribes and his own family. In our passage today, you are challenged to have faith in King Jesus because he is above and over your greatest fears and storms in your life. What are your greatest fears in life right now? Death, failing your exams, getting jobless after graduating, yet most of us have faced severely frightening circumstances at some point in our lives. How did you react? Did you react in faith or fear? In our passage today, we have two sections. The first section is the storm outside. That's from Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41. The other section is from Mark chapter 5, verse 1 to 20. The storm inside. So let's look into our first section. Our first section begins, On that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And it starts with a phrase on that day. Jesus has been teaching at the seaside from a boat. We read Mark chapter 4 from verse 1 to 2. After a full day of teaching, evening had come, so he decides to break on through to the other side. That is to the gender region of the Decapolis. Uh, we, we read that in, in the next section, Mark chapter 5 verse 1. He intends to preach the gospel to the gender. This was unclean territory, a demonstration of Jesus' global mission. The story continues to unpack. We see that the big crowd was surrounding Jesus. Jesus is becoming popular. We see other boats around where Jesus was. A growing crowd outside the central group of disciples are following him. Verse 7, we read, And a great wind, windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. We see the waves beating up the boat. The boat was filling. You can sense the drama, probably trying to get the water out of the boat. The one person who could help was sleeping. Verse 8, In the back of the boat, Jesus is sleeping on a cushion. It reminds me of people sleeping in the midst of the storm on an airplane. You want to wake up and say, hey, you should be scared. Will the disciples wake Jesus in desperation? 38b, they arose a question. Teacher, don't you care that we are perishing? When you read the other gospel's account, you find slightly different statements. In Matthew, it reads, save us, Lord, we are perishing. It's a prayer. In Luke account, master, master, we are perishing. It's a respectful statement. In, Ma in Mark, teacher, don't you care that you are perishing? It's a rebuke. Let's move on to verse 39. Jesus does not rebuke the disciples first, but the storm instead. No prayer, just to speak, and the storm ceases. The sea becomes like glass without a ripple. This is an amazing, isn't it? Imagine a friend of yours doing this when it's storming outside. Imagine yelling at cold What's going on here? This is an, an astonishing claim of authority. Jesus rebukes like he rebukes everyone. 
verse 39. Rebuked, the same word for casting out demons, if you read Mark chapter 1 verse 35. In Jesus' day, the storm was a place of chaos, death, evil, and judgment. Many believed the sea was the natural dwelling place for demons. Here the weather is acting as an agent of the evil one and obstacle to Jesus' mission. Jesus silences it as if to say, nothing will prevent me from this mission. In the next story, a man has a storm going on inside of him and Jesus delivers him and puts him in his right mind. He gives him peace. Here he does it to the storm. Verse 40. Jesus gently rebukes the disciples. Why are you afraid? Why are you timid? Have you still no faith? They've already seen a lot, yet they still doubt. We'll come back to this. Notice how the story is built up to this final question. Who then is this? That's the question in these four stories. That's the question in the whole book of Mark. Who is this? The whole story is about the power of Jesus, the lordship of Jesus. He's the object of real faith. He is a category, is in a category by himself. The question, the question is not, do you have faith? But in whom do you have faith? If Christ is your focus of faith, then you have the right object. The object of our faith serves us, not the quality of our faith. Real faith is drawn in, into Christ's object of faith, and there is affection and devotion to, to him. You see, the reality is, in response to the disciples' question, Jesus really does care and really can be trusted. He cares so much about us that he was drawn into the sea of God's wrath so that we don't have to be. Trust him and be saved from this ultimate threat. Trust in him for the other stuff in, in this life. So you see, our greatest threat in life is sin. Sin is going to separate us from God forever. And Jesus on the cross, he takes the wrath of God instead of us. So we should trust in Jesus on what he has done for us on the cross. Let's move on to our second section. The second section is the storm inside from Mark chapter 5, verse 1, 20. Moving on from the storm at the sea, we have a man with a storm inside of him. Let's look at three scenarios. First scenario, Jesus engaged the darkness from verse 1 to 5. Jesus breaks into gender territory, the Decapolis. Israel was supposed to be the light to the nations. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 6 to 7. Yet they refused to be near the Gentiles. Jesus goes to this region, obviously a gender region, indicated by the large number of people. Jesus models missions for us. He, engage, he engages a lost, dark region. Mark tells us about one particular individual that encounters Jesus. From verse 2 to verse 5, there's a story of a madman. He was unclean. He had unclean spirit. He resided in an unclean residence. He is in an unclean territory. Tombs. You shall not read this story like, I am glad I wasn't like that man. You should see, I am like that man, not just like, but like him. And if Jesus can change him, he can change anyone, even some of us here. You should always realize the spiritual warfare that exists when you engage the darkness, but go in the strength of King Jesus and trust in his power. I think when we try to go to do evangelism here on campus, to meet other students. We should go in Jesus' strength and his power and trust him to transform hard hearts. From the second section, the second scene of this section, we see Jesus transforming from the second scene. We see Jesus transforming from the second section of this 
passage, we see Jesus transforming the madman. Verse 6, 18. We see Jesus' power and mercy on display. Verse 6, we hear that the man fell down. We hear that from verse 6, as he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him and cried out with a loud voice. What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I adjure you by God. Do not torment me, for you are saying to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? We see Jesus engaging with, with darkness here. Most high God, in verse 7, this title for God to the Jews, most high God, refers to the God, God's transcendent over all rival gods. For the gender, son of the most high God, probably communicates something of Jesus transcendent over all the gods of polytheism. What we shouldn't miss from verse 18 to 17 is that Jesus is in charge. He gave them permission. This was not like a close contest. Jesus is sovereign over the evil one. They do nothing that he doesn't permit. Jesus Christ is the deliverer. If he can change this man, he can change anyone who is here right now. From the last scene of this section, we see Jesus commissioning the madman who was delivered. Verse 19 to 20. Jesus doesn't tell this guy, hey, be quiet, because this is a gentle region. They don't have all of the confusing views about the nature of the coming Messiah. He tells him to go tell everyone. Think about this. The first missionary sent out in the gender region was a, 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 a madman, someone who was possessed with demons. From madman to missionary, the man went and told everyone of the love and mercy of Jesus. Here is what we can take away from this story. The greatest disciple makers that we may have in a few years are people who are not even Christians here on campus. So it's important that we take the gospel, we preach about Christ, we preach about what Christ has done in our lives. The other thing that we can learn from this section is that there is no one who is beyond God's mercies. God is capable of transforming everyone. There is no one who is beyond God's mercy. We see that on the cross. Christ came to die for every sinner. He shed his blood for every sinner on the cross. So I want to encourage you, let's go in power and trust in Jesus to save people as we preach the gospel. Let's trust in his power. Let's trust in his word. The Bible might seem common, but it's powerful unto salvation of souls, as Paul mentions in Romans 1. So allow me to pray as I um, finish up. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful time that you've given up us to sit under your weight. Thank you, Lord, for, for challenging us to trust in Jesus for his he truly cares for us. When we are found in tough circumstances in life, help us, God, to have faith in Jesus Christ. We thank you also, God, for challenging us to know that there is no one who is beyond your mercies. For it is why Christ has to come and die on the cross, to die for the sins of the whole world. So help us, Lord, to go out there and share the good news of what Christ has done to us, to other students on campus, to our families, um, to those that are, are outside of the campus community, help us to, to, to spread the news about what you have done in our lives, God. How you have saved us through your son, God. How you have given us eternal life, God. Help us to take this news with confidence that you have the power to transform every heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There you have it, folks. Christ the victorious King. 
I hope and pray that you've been edified. I hope you've been encouraged. I hope you've been challenged in one way or the other. This is the end of our um, episode. Please do check us out on Facebook, uh, Evangelical Student Network. Uh, Check out our YouTube page and please do follow us on Instagram. Our handle is ESN underscore NUST, ESN underscore N-U-S-T. My name is Kaspar Mapurisa and this has been the Evangelical Student Network podcast. Catch you on the next one. Grace and peace.